You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, how's it going, Sooners Nation? And welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And you can also read my work covering the Dallas Cowboys over at InsideTheStar.com. And you can also hear me on the Cowboys Brawl Podcast. And David is taking the day off, so you got me. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Oklahoma Sooners and where they landed in the final top 25 poll. We're going to go around the NFL in the third segment and take a look at what some of the Sooners have been doing this season. And that's good stuff. And then in the second segment, we're going to look at some futures from betonline.ag where the Sooners rank in the current odds to win the national championship and who might have the best odds to win the, the Heisman Trophy, but we'll do that coming up in the second segment. But first, let's talk a little bit about where Oklahoma finished in the final college football poll of the season. And they come in at number six uh, behind Alabama, obviously, who won the national championship, went 12-0, and obviously deserving, got all the first place votes as it should have been. No no disputes there. Ohio State finishes 7-1. and And yeah, I was, you know, I, I got no issue with Ohio State at 7-1, and number two in the nation. That's probably where they should have been. They, they were a really good football team. They proved that they were one of the best teams in the country after they beat Clemson so handedly. And, uh, you know, it, it, that was a really talented Ohio State team that Alabama beat. I think the beatdown kind of under underscores or understates how good Ohio State was. I mean, Justin Fields is, is one of the best players at that position that Ohio State's had in the last 20 years or so, maybe, maybe even longer. I mean, he might be one of their better quarterbacks in the history of that organization or that, that college. Uh, and the Alabama defense just stifled him. I mean, that's just how good Alabama is at every level offensively, defensively. They're just so, so good. Uh, and so I, I think Ohio State coming in at number two makes 100% sense. Clemson, number three. Yeah, I mean, I think other than the Notre Dame loss early in the season and then that loss to Ohio State, I mean, a lot of people still considered them one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, yeah, they lost to two really good teams. And the Notre Dame game, they were without Trevor Lawrence, and that makes a big difference in, in where people see you. But it's really the Ohio State loss that has them at number three. And then you got Texas A&M coming at four. And this is one that's still slightly confusing to me. It's a team that, yes, they went nine and one in their or eight and one in their uh, SEC schedule. Their one loss to be to Alabama. But it's still, it wasn't a team that was very, very impressive to me when I watched them. Sure, they, they, got, they got a lot of wins. They got a lot of wins in the SEC. And that's going to matter to voters because the voters love the SEC. But still, I, I just when I watched them on, on, on game day, I just didn't really find them all that impressive. But I think they're where they're supposed to be, at least ahead of Notre Dame. Notre Dame at number five is still very curious to me. I, I just don't see them as that team that is better than Oklahoma, who came in at number six. Notre Dame, to me, is that perennial team that is always thought of a little bit high, more highly than they should be. And, you know, it's a lot of it is because of their history. I mean, they were one of the, 
the best programs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But it's, we're a long time removed from Notre Dame being a dominant football program. And for them to, you know, they yes, they, they got that win over Clemson. Good job. You beat a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson team. But then, you know, to show up in the, you know, the ACC championship and get throttled and then to show up in the college football playoff and get throttled again. I mean, it just, it just goes to show that like Notre Dame, they're not who people think that they are. And I know a lot of people want to criticize OU and, and how they haven't really been able to break through in the college football playoff. One of their losses was to Georgia in an overtime you know, so it's not like they're getting blown out every single time that they're in a game, you know, in the college football playoff. One of those losses to Clemson, they were in there. They were in that game heading into halftime. We talked about it on, on a earlier show this week. And so, yeah, Notre Dame coming in at number five, that's really all based on that Clemson win early in the season and people thinking really highly of Clemson, even without Trevor Lawrence. And, and that's the Dabo Sweeney effect. I mean, a good coach is going to, you know, have people thinking – a little bit more highly of a team, even without their starting quarterback. But let's be honest, Notre Dame wasn't the fifth best team in the country. I think Oklahoma probably should have been number five. They were playing as good a football as anybody heading, maybe aside from Alabama, down the stretch. The way that they played defense, the way that they played offense down the stretch of 2020 and into the bowl game against Florida, I think just showed what this team's capable of moving forward. Yeah, they're going to lose some pieces. And, and I think a lot of people are, are expecting big things from Oklahoma in 2021. But to finish 2020 uh, ranked sixth, I think, after what was a, an absolute beatdown of Florida, it's it just still a little bit surprising to me, a little bit shocking, because I, I don't know. I just – I think – a lot of that is just that Notre Dame bias that, that people kind of buy into that. Yes, they were, they're this powerhouse football program, but they really haven't been. And you know, say, say what you want about Oklahoma and not being able to break through in the college football playoff. I mean, they've been one of the most consistent teams in the country for 20 years. We talked about it on yesterday's show, even though they haven't won a national championship since 2001, they have all these big 12 titles. They have all this talent in the NFL. They have, you know, constantly put themselves in a position to win a national championship. Whereas Notre Dame, they've, they've had down years. They've had a lot of down years. They've been a lot like Michigan at times where, you know, yeah, you might have one or two really good years and you might have a couple of down years. It's just who Notre Dame is. I feel like at this point, uh, you know, if they ever join a conference and I feel like the, the power five should start holding them to that. I mean, if you're, if you're going to hold uh, not being in a power five conference against teams like BYU or Cincinnati, you know, against those group of five teams, and how how are you not at some point demanding that Notre Dame join a Power Five? I mean, you control the college football playoff anyway, so at some point you gotta you gotta ask them, hey, we're gonna give to you like if we're gonna put you in our college football playoff, then you need to join one of the conferences and raise their state, like raise their their profile a little bit. Join join a conference like the ACC, raise their profile. If you're this big time blue blood national power then join a conference and prove it. I mean, don't just run your schedule the way you want to run it because you're Notre Dame and you can do what you want. Join a conference, put your money where your mouth is. Don't just do it on a one year, a one off one year with ACC, join a conference. But anyway, Oklahoma comes in at number six ahead of Georgia. I think, you know, we, we talked about it a lot on this podcast uh, over the, throughout the season and 
Yes, both teams have two losses. Oklahoma had two losses early in the season to K-State, Iowa State, but they were close losses. Georgia, Georgia's losses, on the other hand, were blowout losses. And uh, so, yeah, it makes complete sense to me that Oklahoma comes in at number six ahead of Georgia. And I think, again, we talked about it, and I think the, the future is bright for Oklahoma, and there's, there's a lot of high, you know, high hopes and expectations for what Oklahoma can become in 2021 and even 2022 and 2023. Lincoln Riley – is going to have a lot to say about that. Alex Grinch and however, however long he stays with the Oklahoma Sooners is going to have a lot to say about that as well. But we'll continue to, to find out just how good this program is at building and building a defense and continuing to stockpile offensive talent and retool at, at key positions like center with Creed Humphrey leaving or edge rusher with Ronnie Perkins heading out the door. I think they're going to be fine at running back with Ramondre Stevenson leaving because you got Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks coming back. you got Seth McGowan and Marcus Major. It's going to be a fine running back room. And DeMarco Murray has proven that he's a really good running back coach. Uh, but we'll continue talking about what the outlook is for Oklahoma in the, uh, with some future betting odds from betonline.ag in the second segment. And so let me tell you a little bit about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football season's over, but the NFL is still going strong. You've got some big-time divisional matchups this week. We're a couple weeks away from the conference championship games, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. So make sure you go to betonline.ag and place your bets with the number one place that has you covered and the number one place that we trust, that's betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus from betonline.ag. You put in 100, betonline.ag will put in 50. So if you want to get in on the action this week, make sure you go to betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code for 50% welcome bonus to place bets on the NBA, the NHL season's about to start up, and the NFL action that you've got coming up. There's also some future betting opportunities for Oklahoma that we'll talk about in the next segment. So go to betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And 2020 is over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And now we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the NCAA future betting odds that betonline.ag has released earlier this week. And uh, let's first of all talk about who has the best odds to win the national championship in 2022. That's going to be next year's national championship. And to no surprise, Alabama's got the best odds at plus 350. That means if you lay down $100, you'll win 350. Pretty good. That's pretty decent at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag's odds to win the national championship. Alabama's got the best. Clemson comes in at second, tied with Georgia. And then Ohio State just behind them at plus 650. And lo and behold, your Oklahoma Sooners coming in with the fifth best odds to win the national championship at plus 750. Hey, so you want to get in, get some action in on the futures of college football? If you put $10 in on Oklahoma right now, you got a chance to win 75 with those odds at betonline.ag. 
And then let's talk a little bit about the Heisman Trophy odds because this one is interesting to me as well because Spencer Rattler has the best odds to win the Heisman Trophy in 2021-2022, according to betonline.ag. He's coming in at plus 350. Again, if you're not familiar with betting, I'm still learning about it. If you lay down like $10, you'll win 35. If you put down $100, you'll win $350. So Spencer Rattler is coming in with the best odds, and that makes a lot of sense to me because – I mean, he's, he's returning. He showed a lot of promise this year. He showed a lot of improvement throughout the year. And he's got a lot of weapons returning as well. Marvin Mims will be back. The Owees will be back. There's a good chance Trajan Bridges and Jaden Hazelwood are coming back. Uh, Austin Stogner will be back. His running backs will be still really, really good. You got Seth McGowan, who proved to be a really, really useful weapon as a wide receiver as well. Uh, Mikey, Mikey Henderson will be back. So a lot of, a lot of big-time weapons for Spencer Rattler to – uh, throw to and the, the other big benefit to what this season might look like for the Oklahoma Sooners is they might actually get an off season this year like they might actually get spring practice and a spring game even if they don't like have have you know fans in the stands for the spring game although that's still to be determined they're going to be able to get out there and practice and they'll get out there and play because now they've kind of figured out what COVID is and how to manage COVID in a football world and that's only going to benefit Spencer Rattler and the, the Sooners as a whole. I mean, he had to come in and without a whole lot of practice time, they had to figure each other out. And they did a lot of that on the field against opponents and against, you know, top flight competition. And so, you know, it's no surprise that they stumbled early in the season with, you know, the turnover that they had at wide receiver, at quarterback, at running back with Trey Sermon gone, Kennedy Brooks opting out. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson not available the first part of the season. Ronnie Perkins not available the first part of the season. I mean, they had to, they had to figure out some stuff and it was a little too late after those early season losses for them to get themselves back into the college football playoff picture. But I think heading into this off season, it bodes well for them. And I don't see any reason why these teams aren't going to be able to have spring practice, spring ball and, you know, summer camp and fall camp, unlike last year where everything was just unknown and there was so much uncertainty and, you know, teams were, were trying not to have their players together as often as possible because you didn't know what, what COVID was going to be and how, you know, how they were going to manage it. They didn't have protocols in place yet, but now we've got all these protocols in place and, you know, teams are constantly evolving those things to, to what the CDC recommendations are and to better protect their players and their staff and to figure out a way to get these guys on the field and in practice and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler can come up with with a full offseason uh, to, to work on his game, to work with the receivers and continue to develop that chemistry and to work with a new center. He's going to have a new guy snapping in the ball. And, and that's really important, too, because that center and quarterback communication is key to an offense, calling out signals, you know, getting the, the protections right you know, figuring out where the blitzes are coming from. Those guys got to have good chemistry as well. And so having an offseason – Hopefully it's all kind of back to normal. I mean, we're not going to have life back to normal yet, but at least hopefully the football schedule can kind of be back to normal with these guys playing or having some spring practice this season. Hey, but coming up in the third segment, we're going to spend a little time talking about what's going on in the NFL with your Sooners. Some big time things are happening and we'll talk about it here next on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks to deliver directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts at a storefront auto parts store when you can get the best prices at rockauto.com? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And if you're a Sooner fan like I am and like David is, then make sure you also go check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast with our guy Josh Neighbors. He's going to have you covered from everything from basketball, football, baseball, hey, maybe even a little bit of club lacrosse. In the DMs, he said he was going to talk lacrosse, so I'm holding him to that as a former lacrosse player myself. Yeah, make sure you go check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's daily covering everything from the Big 12, all the ins and outs, giving you the insight on the Texas hire of Steve Sarkeesian, uh, who's coming back around the conference, where Oklahoma might stand in the you know, preseason 2021 college football rankings, what Oklahoma is going to be doing heading into March Madness. A lot of big things happening in the Big 12. There's going to be a it's going to be a very competitive Big 12 tournament this year uh, in basketball, women's basketball as well. So make sure you go check out our guy, Josh Neighbors and the Locked On Big 12 podcast. And now let's talk a little bit about what is going on in the NFL with your Oklahoma Sooners. And man, the big, big story off the top is, has got to be your guy, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is having himself quite a season. I think going into the season, I was a lot higher on maybe Kyler Murray and what he was going to be able to do in that Arizona Cardinals offense, especially with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins coming over from Houston. I think it was going to just make that offense so much more explosive. But lo and behold, it was Baker Mayfield that had the better season. You know, Baker Mayfield's team ended up um, in the playoffs. They won a divisional game against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baker Mayfield was absolutely electric, got them out to a 28, nothing lead early in that game. And, and I think this, this is a, a match made in heaven between Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, the Cleveland Browns head coach who really has figured out a way to highlight what Baker Mayfield does really, really well. And one of those things that Baker Mayfield does really, really well is play action and a lot of, you know, using his eyes to manipulate defenses with misdirection and things like that. Baker Mayfield is a really good quarterback in the, on, on that front. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they won 48-37, and he completed 21 of 34 passes for 263 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, an absolutely electric day. I and mean, he did a lot of that work in the first half. And now they had, you know, they had to hold on to win in the second half as Pittsburgh stormed back. But it was a great game uh, for, for Baker Mayfield in that game. And I think – you know, this week coming up, he's got Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's going to be that uh, Big 12 clash that we saw what, back in 2015, 2016, uh, where it was like 66 to 57 or 66 58, something like something ridiculous. And those guys put up just gobs and gobs of yards and touchdowns. And obviously, we're not going to see the same high score that uh, we saw back then, but I think we're going to see some fireworks in this game. Uh, Obviously the Kansas city chiefs are the best offense in the NFL top to bottom with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and that offensive line. That's just really, really good. And you got one of the best play callers in the NFL and Andy Reid. 
And I think that's going to be a really intriguing matchup as well. Andy Reid versus Kevin Stefanski, which offensive coordinator or play caller, they're both head coaches, but which play caller can kind of get their guys over the top. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to watch because every offensive possession is going to be 100% key in this game. You're not going to be able to give away possessions in this game. And so I expect them to, to run, to see a lot of, you know, go for it situations on fourth and short, fourth and one, fourth and five. If it's kind of, too long for a field goal, but really too short to punt. If you're like in that 45 to 40 yard range on your opponent's side of the field, and you got a fourth and one to five yards, I expect to see these guys go for it a lot, especially on the Cleveland Brown side. They're not going to be able to sit back and play defense against Patrick Mahomes and hope to win a game that's 20 to 13 or 27 to 24 or something like that. They got to be able to, they got to hope to be able to get to 30 points because unless they, you know, unless Patrick Mahomes just has an off day, 30, you know, it's going to take at least 30 points to win this game. Um, and, and that's just where kind of offense is in the NFL right now. And, and Baker Mayfield is becoming, or he's shown that he can lead a team to a lot of points as they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was no slouch of a Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I mean, it may not be the, the black and blue defenses of the early two thousands with Troy Polamalu or even, you know, the steel curtain back in the, you know, the sixties and seventies, but that was still a really good defense this year. Very opportunistic, good at taking the ball away with, you know, you got TJ Watt rushing off the edge. You got Minka Fitzpatrick, um, you know, playing in the the middle of the, of the defense. Uh, And so, that was a very, very solid win for Baker Mayfield. I, and I'm really excited to see how they match up with Kansas City this week. Another big-time uh, performance um, on the offensive line for the Oklahoma Sooners with Orlando Brown and Ben Powers. Um, they ran for 236 yards against uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, Tennessee is not very good defensively this year, shockingly, with Mike Vrabel at head coach. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to – and it's – Really excited to see uh, Oklahoma Sooners have so much success on offense, especially along the offensive line, because I think that's that's key to their recruitment pitches. Like, hey, look at all these guys we've got starting in the NFL along the offensive line. And that's just a couple of them. Marquise Brown had 71 receiving yards. And, I mean, he just, I think a lot of people maybe underestimated what Marquise Brown was going to be able to do in the NFL because of his size. But kind of like Ty- Tyreek Hill, and like we saw with Devontae Smith uh, this past weekend in the college football playoff or college football championship, you know, the size, it, it, it matters to an extent, but if you have something that you do at an elite level, like Marquise Brown does with speed and getting downfield and winning over the top of defenses, size matters less. And we're seeing him have huge impacts on, on the NFL field week in and week out because of that speed. Mark Andrews had 41 yards uh, and, you know, again, he, I think he's starting to establish himself as one of the best tight ends in the NFL uh, behind uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. I don't think there are many other guys that you could convincingly put ahead of him in the NFL tight end power rankings or so, so to speak. Um, but yeah, big fan of Mark Andrews, obviously. And, uh, and while there are other big time performances on the field on, on the division or the wildcard weekend, it all comes down to Baker Mayfield comes down to the Ravens group of players. And those are the impact players right there. Baker is having a huge impact on the Cleveland Browns. I argue easily his best season as a pro that group of four uh, Oklahoma Sooners playing for the Baltimore Ravens. 
you can't not look at the Baltimore Ravens and not see the impact that the Oklahoma Sooners are having on a weekend and week out basis. Uh, so I hope that you are as excited for the divisional round weekend as I am. We've got you know, four big games coming up, uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. And uh, we're here daily to give you Oklahoma Sooners insight and coverage. For my guy, David Walker, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner. <laughs>